big boobs, little boobs, curvy, petite, introvert, extrovert, loud, quiet. You, my friend, perfect, exactly the way you are right now. I'm Steph, your host, the big boobed introvert CEO of Confetti Curves, and I'm going to remind you that confidence comes from loving all that you are right now. Shall we get started? Hi, Holly. Welcome to Confident in Your Curves. I'm so happy to have you here. It is my absolute pleasure. It's been a long time coming and this is quite serendipitous, so I love it. It's a perfect day. <laughs> love it. Absolutely. So, Holly, why don't you tell us what you love most about yourself right now? What I love most about myself right now is the fact that, oh, can I swear on this? Of course. Oh, great. <laughs> I have worked internally my fucking ass off <laughs> for like 15 fucking years <laughs> to be happy with the person that I am now. And I actually have quite like in a non-arrogant way, I've got like a, a high regard and opinion of myself. I fucking always love that. To, <laughs> always open to growth. You know, if anyone comes at me and is like, oh, hey, look, you could tweak this. I'll have a look at it. All of that stuff. But as a person, given how suicidal I was for so many years, I think that, yeah, I'm doing good. That is amazing. I, <laughs> I cannot wait to be there. We are doing a lot of work <laughs> together to get me there. But like, I cannot wait to have that kind of just, yes, feeling about myself. <laughs> strength of conviction it's like you know what I am an imperfect human and I don't fucking care <laughs> um if you don't mind sharing did you ever have that kind of moment where you're like I like this is my like rock bottom this is my aha I need to actually like kick myself in the butt and start working on myself how many do you want <laughs> <laughs> I guess the one that worked <laughs> first 30 years of my life yes 100% yeah seriously though like and and so much of it was unconscious pain it was unconscious trauma I didn't know anything about trauma I didn't think I had trauma until I started doing trauma work and, and actually redefining what trauma actually is and I'm like oh oh Oh, that's what it is. Okay, fantastic. How do we how do we clear this? Well, I think that was I when you and I started working together at the start of this year. I was like, I've never really had a traumatic experience. Like, why do we need to talk to a trauma therapist? Like, I'm fine. And as you you know, mm. we have uncovered some like incredible traumas that like you know you just never realize how much everyone has their own little trauma journey, big or little. Well, they, I feel like the human experience is really traumatic. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Even just being born, like we're born into trauma. So one thing I should probably discuss what trauma actually is so, so that your listeners context. actually get yeah, some context around it. So trauma is a really, um, it's a pretty heavy word for a lot of people. Right. They're like, oh, my God, trauma. I didn't grow up in a war zone. That must mean that I'm not traumatized. However, trauma from a perspective of where I'm sitting and what I help people with, it is literally 
trapped energy in the body. That is all it is. And the way that I equate it out is like a paper cut is a trauma, but a stab wound is also a trauma. It's not the trauma that is the problem. It's how you take care of it. So if you were to take care of your stab wound, if you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the hospital, you get it all sewn up. We're going to, you know, do all the right things. I'm going to really look after it. It's all going to be fine. I'm going <laughs> to possibly convict the person that <laughs> stabbed me in the first place. Everything will be fine. If you do that, you might end up with a tiny little scar. You know, it'll be fine. However, conversely, if you were to get a paper cut on your finger and then just like go stick it in the toilet or like poke at it and scratch at it and just really, you know, not look after it and everything like that, that that paper cut could turn gangrenous and it could take off your arm. Yep. So it's not the actual experience that is the traumatic event. There are some things that are universally traumatic, yes. You know, like obviously if your um, house sets on fire and like it's how you look after it that's the problem. Yeah. Definitely. And most people in Western society, we have no aftercare. Gabor Mate, who is an incredible, he's like one of the four founders of, or forefathers, I should say, of trauma. He often says that it's not the traumatic, it's not the experience that traumatizes us, it's the isolation in the experience that traumatizes us because we're tribal beings. Mm. And so what really needs to happen is like we need the support, we need the encouragement, we need the the love, which is why love is the most healing force on the planet. But we actually need that to heal our wounds. So if you at any at any point in time where your body went into a freeze, so you've got fight, flight, freeze. If you got overactivated and then you had to swallow your feelings. <laughs> I don't know what that's like, Holly, at all. <laughs> I know, right? To appease a parent or a teacher or a friend or whatever, and then you didn't actually process all of that fight flight energy that came up in your body and you didn't process process it properly then that then just sits in your body as trauma (laughs) yay everyone loves it (laughs) and I think for me I had the perspective of like oh I've only got a whole bunch of paper cuts everyone like other people that I know have like the stab wound so like I should like I'm wasting your time by like going oh like these are these little things that happened in my life when they actually like all have compounded and like really made me someone who does suppress my feelings and today is a great example I have always struggled with expressing my anger or like me not being happy with a situation and today I expressed that I was not happy to someone that I had never expressed it before. And I mean, I felt empowered, but then their reaction to me, I it just made me even madder because it was kind of like a, well, well, I don't understand why you're making a big deal about this. Like, this isn't really a big problem. And I was like, well, not for me it is. And I stood up for myself and then they left. And then I was just like, oh my God, what have I done? And just like completely crumbled because it was an emotion that I'd never expressed in the moment before so upfrontly. And it's been a really, you know, six month journey to get to the stage where I can actually be like, nope, this situation actually doesn't make me happy and I'm not happy about what's going on. Yeah. 
I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I held it together until I was alone, so it was all good. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, and so this is what happens. So with people that have people pleasing tendencies and anger management issues and all that sort of stuff, and anger management issues, I actually class those as repressing your anger as well. Yeah. So anger management is not necessarily an outward explosion. It's also an internal implosion, which is far more, I think, um, like provided you're not stabbing anyone. Uh, it's far more damaging when it's an internal implosion. For both parties. Like I think for me, like it eats away at my insides being like, I'm so mad, but like I can't actually say. It. And then passive aggressive, just like it's not health like yeah it's not a healthy way of managing at all no absolutely not I, I am so far against passive aggressive like if you're waiting for someone like if you're stomping around slamming cupboards waiting for your partner to like guess your feelings <laughs> all that sort of stuff and then they ask you like are you okay like what's wrong and you're like I'm fine <laughs> or even worse, if you don't know, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> A real dagger to the heart. <laughs> that used to be my favourite. I'm like, well, you should know. Yeah. You're pretty much asking, you're pretty much getting shitty at the waiter for the food that you didn't fucking order. So yeah. just <laughs> put your big girl pants on, get vulnerable and just sit there and go, you know what? actually I'm really upset about xyz right now it's my trigger which means it's my wound but also to the people around you and this is why your choice of tribe your choice of partner your choice of the, the people that you surround yourself with is so important because the real people around you you can have those hard conversations with them you can have, take that radical responsibility and go look this is my wound and I'm going to caretake it and also, I would like you to help me rewire my nervous system around it in X, Y, Z way. Which is super empowering, like incredibly empowering. Yeah. And so much more than stomping around the kitchen, slamming cupboards. <laughs> but also like super nerve wracking. So I am dating at the moment and I was uh, with on a date earlier this week and he had come over and I was like, oh, like I, there'll be an expectation, but I'd gotten my period. And I was so stressed about it because I was like, what if he's here only to like be physical? And like, I, that's not something I'm comfortable with while I'm on my period. And then, so like all night, like I was a little bit tense and he's like, I feel like there's something you want to say or like a question you want to ask. And it was like super intense. And I was like, look, I'm really embarrassed. I've got my period, but like, I didn't know if I should tell you or not. And it was so like, freeing that like I had someone who was comfortable enough to ask me like why I was being so reserved and then super respectful when he was like oh no like that's not why I'm here like I'm here to spend time with you and like you can honestly be upfront about anything with me it's like I'd rather like, just have a conversation than like you feel like you can't like <laughs> right <laughs> like, that is so hot so if there's any men listening right now like if you can hold the space for a woman like that there is no hotter thing. We will literally be like, oh, fuck my period. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 oh, 
like, you fuck that up. Right <laughs> <laughs> was just like, oh. And like, and then like, just was so sweet for the whole night. And then like, was, you know, doing check-ins on me. And I was like, that was, if I had just kind of like shut down and just be like, oh no, I don't want to talk about it. Or I even canceled the date, like I considered, like it wouldn't have been a healthier start to that foundation as well of like building that trust with this person. So I'm growing. It's also because you, you are so growing so fast, which is just so phenomenal. Like, because results don't lie, right? So when I'm coaching people, I'm like, yeah, results don't lie. Whatever's showing up in your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. So the fact that you've had this guy show up and he's like super respectful and he's really nice and he's like checking in on you. And it's like, all of that comes from the internal self-work that you have done, which you've done like a motherfucking boss, like a bad bitch. (laughs) And so now it's showing up externally. Which is amazing. It's great. Which is incredible. Mm. But nothing, like you haven't done anything different in your life there was no action really that you needed to take it all happened from an internal locus of control yeah which right? I think like it's just not something that you generally think about it's like if I you don't think that I've got to in here fix all of the internal crap to like get the external kind of reaction and it's just well it, it took me a bit to learn that <laughs> it's an energy shift right? And this is why I always coach people on as well. Like when we go into, and we're going to dart off in a million different directions in this podcast. Sorry. No, <laughs> sorry right. to your listeners. You thought, good, good luck trying to caption this. This will be a great <laughs> show notes. When <laughs> we covered 12 different subjects. <laughs> so when you have these internal energy shifts, it's like, so people pleasing the first stage of getting out of people pleasing is being able to put in boundaries yeah right Mm -hmm. respectful boundaries loving boundaries not just like fuck you get out of my life sort of thing it's like look this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm not okay with there here's my line please respect that and that's the boundary line yeah and it's a really good filter because the the right people for you will respect it Mm-hmm. And the wrong people for you will either get angry at you, in which case you should fuck them off, or off they fuck themselves. Like <laughs> auto filter. It's perfect. Great. It's a fantastic filter. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and and you you can't be upset about that because you speaking your truth is your filter. The only people, and I will say it time and time again, you will hear me say it so often, the only people that have an issue with your boundaries are the people that benefited from you having none. Yeah. And it's taken right? you telling me like a hundred times, but I'm finally getting it. <laughs> and I'll take you, I'll tell you a hundred fucking thousand more. They are the only people that have a problem with your boundaries. Yeah. Now, if they're triggered by your boundaries, then that's something that they need to work through. If you're like, there's a really, there's a really big shift around boundaries. So that's the first part, because I used to be like captain codependent, people pleasing 101 that I'd like, I could have written a fucking book. I could have written a manual on how to please people. I was so good at it. (laughs) You want something? I don't get it done. (laughs) 
and 10 other things that you didn't ask for, but I thought you might like. Absolutely. Yeah, let me like cook for you. <laughs> anyway, I still do that, but it comes from a very like much more clean place. It doesn't come now from a place of like, I'm going to do all of this for you so that I then get something back, yeah. which is what people pleasing essentially is. And the shadow side of people pleasing, if anyone's read Codependent No More, is the fact that people pleasing is literally a form of control. We just like to make ourselves feel better about it because we're like, oh, I'm so pierced and like <laughs> wonderful because I'm doing all of these things. And it took my, my best friend, who's a fucking amazing coach, Samantha Moyer, her name is, one day years ago, she's like, Holly, when are you going to stop nailing your own fucking hands to the cross? And I was like, oh, you're right. You bitch. Rude, but accurate. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> God damn it. She's right. And from that day forward, I stopped doing that. It was a win. <laughs> it was a win. It was a painful win, as most of them are. So, but there's a next, the next level of boundaries is once you get used to putting in these boundaries, if you're still unhealed in your trauma, then you will be putting in boundaries for the rest of your life. You will have to be putting in these boundaries all the time, friends, family, lovers, whatever, like you, you constantly having to defend yourself. But when you heal the actual wound inside which is usually somewhere around love, self-love, all of that sort of stuff, your energy shifts so greatly and you take on this role of like love and compassion but also don't fuck with me mm -hmm. that people just don't fuck with you. Gosh. It is and a very rare occasion. Like I, I never put in boundaries anymore. I don't have to. That's pure power, <laughs> like self, like respectful. Yeah, mm. absolutely. People are like, well, I'm, I'm respecting of others, mm. but also I respect myself and the people that I have around me, they're like, oh, well, we know what we can and cannot expect from Holly. I'm it's gonna a get really it. good place to be in. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> we are getting there. Work. Right. we are steamrolling through this like trauma journey and self barrier or self and boundaries or barriers yeah well you know that i'm i have you know patience as a virtue was never really my strong suit so unfortunately all of my clients get the speed run of this shit <laughs> benefit though although i must say i'm not as funny as i was when i first started working with you i my like reaction to like my smart ass like cover up humor it's just it's dwindling not as funny honestly I had the same thing and so when I realized that the subconscious doesn't have a sense of humor and that all of the self-deprecating humor that I used to think was funny but realized was not actually funny to anyone else except me but inside I was like crumbling <laughs> um I never lost my sense of humor in fact I'm now probably I would say in my own expert opinion more funny <laughs> But the, the flavor of it has changed and it will do for you as well because you're very quick-witted and you're very clever. And so 
all of that, like once that fully shifts for you, it'll be a whole different I'll be game. funny again, but not hating myself <laughs> funny. Yeah, not like funny, ha-ha, daggers in the chest. It'll be funny, <laughs> ha-ha, daggers at everyone else. <laughs> everyone else, watch out. <laughs> now you just make fun of the world. Exactly. Oh, and there's plenty of that to do. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about tits? Yes, let's talk about boobs. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about my tits. <laughs> <laughs> so they're amazing now, but apparently that isn't always been the way they've been. Okay, so I have had a journey with my breasts. And knowing what I know now, which I've been teaching you about the, you know, the energetic and tantric aspects of breasts and nipples, from a feminine aspect and all of that. That's where we project our energy from. This is why, you know, it's actually really quite traumatic for women when they um, have to either have their uh, breasts removed or especially the nipples. That's like a particular thing, Mm. which is why actually one of my friends, you know, she does areola uh, tattooing. That's amazing. Because even that it's it's like a, a representation this physical representation and so if you guys are watching the video then I'm like holding my breasts <laughs> I'm sitting there kind of my, going oh yes mine as well in my silk <laughs> I'm just gonna give him a massage here I'm like it's okay Show darling some love. <laughs> so the whole breast journey oh there's so many nuances to it because mm-hmm. I okay so I did not develop properly on one side when I was younger and I believe it was my left side Mm -hmm. yes I think it was my left side which is my feminine side which makes so much sense kind of remember now no no anyway for another time (laughs) I'll figure that out later and get back to you (laughs) (laughs) however so oh no it was the right so basically what would what happened was I had the top part of my breast but from the nipple down I had nothing and so for anyone out there it's uh, and the other side wasn't so great either but it's called tubular breasts Mm -hmm. right so where the um the glands and everything they don't form properly and having my own struggles with femininity and all that it makes complete perfect sense for me (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. like oh that totally makes sense from a metaphysical point of view I'm like yes I totally understand that so you know I could I basically I could touch rib cage wow from underneath my like I had no pole underneath that breast mm. at all and when I lost a lot of weight so I obviously I had my own weight issues as well growing up and then I, um, I ended up competing in like bodybuilding competitions and all that sort of stuff. And, and I lost a lot of weight. And so it was even more pronounced. Mm. Like I pretty much didn't have a breast on one side. Wow. And especially Which, you know, comparing of a body, like competitions, things like that, that's really confronting. Yeah. Uh, we've got, you know, padding and stuff because no one has tits when they <laughs> bodybuild, but <laughs> you have to get too lean. <laughs> But it was like, 
it was such a painful thing for me. So I remember, especially being intimate with partners and all of that, like I would always wear a bra. Mm. And this is like, this is a very vulnerable story that I've never actually really told online. So here we go. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) I haven't gone this deep into it. I've touched on it, but I haven't gone this deep. So I always had this really weird thing around my breasts. And it was incredibly painful and traumatic, you know, like every time you want to be intimate with your partner, like you've got to like cover yourself up and, and, you know, wear a bra or whatever. And that like, guys don't fucking care. <laughs> Let's face it. They're like tits and tits and tits, whatever. <laughs> Just want to see the boobs. <laughs> most, most guys, they don't care. And I had some beautiful partners as well, like beautiful boyfriends that were very um, loving and understanding in that regard. So that was really nice. But it did nothing to address the trauma of it because that was my own trigger and my own trauma. So my own body image issues, which is a whole different podcast. But basically I decided that I was going to go and get that fixed mm-hmm. with breast implants. So I think I had 380 units in one side and like 200 in the other which is like, it's a big discrepancy. Yeah, that's like massive. That's, you can understand now, like to, in order to even that up, mm. um, it, was, it was a lot. And so, yeah, I went then. Suddenly I had breasts and I was like, oh my God, I feel so amazing. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> feminine. I feel so wonderful. I'm like, oh my God, yay. <laughs> I can wear bathers. Like I couldn't even wear bikinis properly before. Because obviously back then bikinis didn't have like padding and stuff. And so I was never comfortable in a bikini. I was never comfortable in any sort of clothes. Every time I went to buy bras and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pad this side out with tissues, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It was pretty horrific actually for my like personal feeling of myself. Anyway, so I went and had them done. And then I got introduced to friends that were like skimpies and strippers and that sort of stuff. (laughs) And at the time I just finished working in a pub up North for my dad and I'd met some skimpies up there and they'd complete, like they were just these amazing women. And before I met them, I had this really, um, I guess, disgusting view on skimpies I'm like ew gross like that's just like bikey hose whatever I had so much judgment around them and then I met these beautiful goddesses that were making money off like just serving beer and beautiful outfits and all that sort of stuff amazing and so when I came back and I met some more amazing women that were doing skimpy work I was like well I'm a bartender I now have tits I'm gonna go and make they money deserve to be seen <laughs> They deserve to be seen. <laughs> so then I went into skimpy work. And then from that, I went into private waitressing. I never worked in like a strip club or anything. And I never did shows or anything like that. Not that I have any judgment for people that do, but that was never my bag. And it was a journey. Mm-hmm. I could imagine. There is, <laughs> I tell you right now, there is nothing that will make you, uh, deal with your confidence issues more than rocking up naked to a group full of 40 guys that you do not know 
Oh my God. Like just the anxiety, like even thinking about it, <laughs> like that takes like humongous, like guts to be able to do that. I, oh. this is before I did any trauma work. <laughs> so I could disassociate like a motherfucker. <laughs> Probably helpful right. at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Three shots deep. And I was like, I'm good to go. Uh- <laughs> And funnily enough, just as a sidebar on this one, the only judgment that I've ever really received from that time in my life was actually from women, which is really interesting. Oh, 100%. Women are going to be the ones. That, yeah. Men will be like, damn, that's sexy. Got no pictures from them? Women. Oh, not even. Oh. Not, not even that. They're like, oh, cool. Did you make lots of money? I'm like, yeah, I did. I made a shit ton. They're like, oh, good. So wow. what do you like? And then they just move straight on most of them there's like a small two percent of like beta males that are like oh you did that hey does that mean that you're available anyway <laughs> it is definitely something that like i can Im- just the instant like reaction to uh, from females being like oh you um you're a skimpy mm. 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 yeah <laughs> It was the the real interesting part about it. It was the equally most disempowering, but also empowering experience of my life. Like yeah. the dichotomy between it was amazing, and I and I had to shift that in the early days. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm objectifying myself. <laughs> to oh wait a second, I'm using what gifts that I have. Yeah. To go on. Do make what a shit I can ton of money. And make a shit ton of money. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and then what happened was the implants made me really sick. Fuck. So I started gaining a lot of weight. I started getting burning pain through like my, mm. I think it was my left nipple area and all the way up my neck. I got really severe adrenal fatigue. Again, after the bodybuilding days, I... I crashed my system and then after that my system's just been really sensitive but I'm a sensitive little bean anyway (laughs) so (laughs) I I ended up actually going back to the same surgeon that put them in bless his cotton socks and I said I want them out yeah and luckily enough he he was like well he assessed me he's like I don't know how your breasts have managed to gain their own breast tissue like somehow having the implants in had given my body the reference point I suppose of like well this is like how you should be right so Mm -hmm. suddenly I'd grown my own breast tissue and he's like well I don't know how that happened but we're (laughs) gonna roll with it so he took he took them out and he did a lift Mm -hmm. and now they're perfect which is amazing they are (laughs) We'll have to put the picture up. Put some like love hearts through the nipple. Yeah. <laughs> the world deserves to see Here's these. Tits. <laughs> they are incredible. I'm sure it'll, yeah, they're absolutely amazing now. And I've coached a few women. I've had a few clients that have had to go through a very similar journey, which it it is such a incredible journey of like divorcing yourself from your ego and everything, and actually nurturing yourself and going oh girl this is not good for you you need these out you've got to put your ego aside here Mm. 
<clears throat> and put your aesthetics aside, which for a lot of women is very difficult because we really run on that. But I remember this one moment where I was all bandaged up and it was probably, I think, four or five days after my surgery and I was sitting in, the, in a bath of like, you know, like this much, like a few <laughs> inches of water because I couldn't, I couldn't wash my top half because of all the... Um, the surgery and if anyone has had a lift like you get massive anchor sized scars like oh. they're huge Jeez. yeah really really like the scars are massive to get a lift anyway so I'm sitting in the bath and I'd seen all of these horror stories of women that have just been left with like flappy bits of skin and pancake mm. like just from bad surgeons yeah and I was like you know what I, I just sat in the bath and cried and I just said, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like I let it go from such a deep visceral level, what they looked like, because that had been my journey my whole life. And I was like, I just, I don't care. That's amazing. My health, my health is so much more important than the aesthetics and I let it go in that moment. I can remember it so vividly. It makes me cry. <laughs> it's gonna make me cry too. <laughs> but I mean, now they're perfect. It's just they're great. incredible I like now. <laughs> I feel like that was the reward for letting it go so fully. It's like, oh yeah, that was the lesson. Here you go. Like all the ego like, when it comes together. Yeah. Have a, have the breast that you actually really wanted. <laughs> because <laughs> even when I had implants I still didn't really like them because they were so um it's not that the surgeon did a bad job or anything but because he had to put so much larger in one side then it was it sat differently just different like weights and, and stuff to like normal breast tissue that being the implants yeah, absolutely. And then when I started putting on weight, they started to slide because I had too much, like I'd done so much bodybuilding that I actually had too much chest muscle. He couldn't put the implants under the muscle, which in hindsight is a blessing because it would have been a, a far longer recovery period afterwards. Mm. However, um, you know, like, yeah, it's, it was just, I was never happy with them until now. Yay. It was a happy ending, but also like, I think <laughs> I it's a happy ending. <laughs> but we've also spoken previously about like the, having the foreign objects, like in like the way of your feminine energy and how, you know, that kind of blocks it as well. Like it's not yeah. just. So I was talking to my beautiful friend the other day, who's an amazing coach who currently has breast implants and she's going on the same journey to get hers out. And she's an incredibly intuitive person and energetically just on point she's also a cambo facilitator and a just a witchy goddess she's amazing <laughs> um and she can feel it she can feel the plastic for want of a better word the silicone blocking her heart chakra wow and i remember thinking back and i'm like yeah i could feel it too and you know if you get breast implants great if you if you want to get them out then this is the podcast for you obviously because this is going to empower you and and all of that but you know whatever whatever it is that you decide for yourself is is for you 
but for me, looking back at the person that I was and I'm like, yeah, of course I guarded myself up because my heart was so closed out of a metric fuck ton of trauma, <laughs> emotional trauma. <laughs> like, of course, emotional damage. Too much TikTok. <laughs> yeah, too much TikTok. <laughs> but, you know, you can feel it when they're on your chest. Mm. I couldn't you know, go for a run, not that I run, but I couldn't go for a run without feeling them like on my chest. I couldn't go for a massage without like having to lay on these things. Um, All of that stuff was just, it was hard. Mm. And I look back now and I'm like, I was, I might've had these, I might've had a great rack, but I was so unhappy. Mm. Yeah. Do you think by having that whole experience, it's made you so much more appreciative of what you have now? Like, oh, I love them so much now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, babies, we're good, we're good. Now I massage them all the time. Yeah, it's just like constantly like, oh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, so happy with them now. And even though during the, um, <clears throat> the lift... I lost a lot of nipple sensitivity, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because like they literally, it's like an anchor. So they, they cut down oh. your breasts and then they cut all the way around in order to do the lift. Cause otherwise it just would have been like flappy pancakes, <laughs> but I lost, but they actually, they move your nipples as well. So they cut around your nipples and they shift them up. Wow. So it was a really intense procedure, but even now, and I used to have great nipple sensitivity, so that's probably the only thing that I miss. <laughs> I've never had great. Like, yeah. uh, see, I my nipples are not at all sensitive. Like you could fucking pinch that, and I wouldn't even know. Like it's the weirdest kind of like sensation. Oh, you need some clamps. <laughs> <laughs> Electrify those. <laughs> I hope you leave that in there. Me too. <laughs> It'll stay. <laughs> It'll stay. It stays. It'll stay. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, now getting the nipple sensitivity back, I mean, hopefully soon I'll have a really amazing partner that will help me with that, which we will get you some nipple clamps too. Fantastic. Fantastic fun. Wonderful. But that was, that was probably the only thing that I was missing, but I'm like, you know what? It's, a fair trade and probably leaves me less distracted in life to go and do the things that I want to do. That is a fair point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I used to be ridiculously sensitive. Now you don't have to worry about like lacy bras rubbing on them too much and things like that. You're fine. I don't even wear bras anymore. I only wear crop tops. Oh, there you go. Wow. Crops and sports bras. That's it. I hate underwire. I can't, even the underwire, if I have to wear underwire, I can feel the metal on my chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no. Just <laughs> hard no. A little plug for confetti curves when it launches. No underwire. <laughs> no underwire. Fantastic. It's so bad for you too. Because mm. you've got all your lymph glands under there and it's like, it's really not good. Yeah. And it's not actually necessary in the construction. All that's there is to shape the breast. Like you can get that shape from 
better tailoring and anchoring within the bra rather than having the actual chunk of metal in there. Good thing that confetti curves is being invented so that we don't have to settle with underwire anymore. Exactly. It's time next year. Everyone will be wearing them. Mm. Mm. I know I will be. Exactly. (laughs) I even go like, so one thing I was never able to do when I was younger and even it was a hard time when I did have breast implants was going braless, which I love now. I'm like, oh my God, it's so free. I love I love it so much. I, like I'm braless now. Like, <laughs> look at you go. I'm in a sports bra. <laughs> I'm braless now wearing satin. And it feels amazing. Oh, I, I'm definitely envious. Like I'm sitting here going, God, I wish I was in this wet man outfit, not like a hoodie that says grub on it. <laughs> it's okay. We're two different aesthetics. <laughs> So yeah, the confidence, um, it's been a journey with my breasts. And then after learning about all of that and then learning about the tantric aspects of the feminine and how important our breasts are because that's where we project our energy from and that's, you know, it's all to do with the heart chakra and how we show up in life. That was just, yeah, it was intense. But obviously I'm here for it. Exactly. I found, uh, I think it was months ago that you and I started talking about breast massage. And like, even I first started doing it in the shower, like, you know, just using body wash to kind of like give my boobs a bit of a massage each night. And it feels so good. And it just like changes my energy. Like I have a stressful day, get in the shower, like lube up my boobs and just like give them a good old massage. And then when I get out, I've also got some like boob creams and it's just, it really kind of lights that kind of like feminine energy and I feel like empowered just from like you know an extra couple of minutes just dedicated to boobs absolutely well they're part of your power center as women it's like oh you know this is as we've had these conversations over uh our (laughs) private messages I'm like there is a reason why women's breasts need to be covered and men's don't because we have so much power We'll control the world and everyone would be distracted absolutely <laughs> but not only men would be distracted but women would be distracted too oh yeah cool. like i, I get distracted by boobs <laughs> yeah me too 100 percent. i'm like oh my god she's got an amazing rack yeah and it's like is that net like is is that like done by the bra or is that just how they naturally look it's like i, I just want, i want a closer look yeah there's so much power in them and you know even just touching them and all that sort of stuff it's it's just there's so much love in them as well Mm. which is beautiful because this is where our heart resides and it's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's one self-love practice that you could do if you're really struggling with self-love and if you are and there's so much in what I call the fucking bumper sticker world of personal development on Instagram <laughs> like I oh, just love yourself and I was always like well fucking how right. like I can't feel it like what like conceptually from a neocortex point of view I was like oh yeah I should love myself but it, it never filtered down anywhere but if yeah. there's one thing that you're going to do and this is where your commitment and your respect for yourself can override the feelings that you have start by doing something like a breast massage it's self-care get yourself 
the nicest, most non-toxic moisturizer that you can afford. Not that there's any out there. You should make one, Steph, just quietly. But um, start by doing circular motions on your breasts. Start by saying to them, oh, I love you, darlings. Like, it's so, we're, we're doing this together. You know, they, they should be your little friends. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, and like the amount of times I'm like constantly hugging them and I often like <laughs> lean on like my desk or things like that. And I like kind of just like clasp my boobs and just kind of like give them that bit of love while also just looking like a professional, like I'm not groping myself because it is just that kind of like check in and like, you're all right kind of feeling to me. Yeah. No, grope yourself. Honestly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think this is part of the reason from a trauma perspective, you know, we always look at the metaphysical reasons of why people get sick as well. And the traumatic events that happen as to why they get ill. And there has been so much breast cancer and it's usually on the left side, which mm. is where the heart is. And so <clears throat> it's like so many women rejecting themselves rejecting their femininity, uh, sacrificing themselves. You know, it comes back down to like that martyr thing. Mm. Are you still nailing your own fucking hands to the cross? Like, what are you doing? Put the time and effort energy into your own self, even if that is just to give your own breasts a little bit of a cuddle, mm-hmm. as we both are. We're doing it right <laughs> like, now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that you want to watch on YouTube, guys. This is the one you want to watch on YouTube. And now you're going to plaster my breasts over the internet. It's fine. I'm here for it. You're going to get all these new clients. I know, right? Which <laughs> put great boobs. And, um, I mean, and, and you're great coach. Yeah. And <laughs> we do a lot of healing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. it's um it's a journey so wherever like I guess my parting words could probably be for anyone that's struggling with their own breast journey and it is a journey because you know there's so many um contributing factors from society from programming conditioning like this is how your breast should look this is um what you should look like or all of that stuff mm-hmm. Just start by checking in with yourself and doing your little self-care practices with your own breasts and actually forming a relationship with them. Yeah. And it's doing really the actual important. self-care, like that, I feel like self-care so often, like we're put on a face mask and have a bath. And it's that that's not the self-care or the self-love that you need to be starting with. Like it's not. Nice, Absolutely. It's not, not the thing. <laughs> that's actually more, I find like the reward for the self-care. Yeah right it's great to sit there and have a bath and get a massage and have a face mask and and all that sort of stuff that's great but the real self-care is actually the discipline the real self-care is you putting in the time and effort to maintain your physical vessel of which it is that is the instrument of which you are experiencing this reality mm-hmm. and so it is your temple it is your home and it's the it's the most permanent home you will ever have so if you've got a shitty relationship with it or you're not taking care of it or you're filling it full of shit, mm-hmm. then you need to like do some fucking healing, babe. Can recommend a good healing coach. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> the link will be in the show notes. 
Yeah, trauma healing is necessary. You've got to do the body work and you have to do the mental work. Like mindset coaching and everything is fantastic, wonderful. Couldn't recommend it enough. But it's nothing without the somatic body work either. You've got to go internal mm-hmm. and you've got to go, yeah, you've got to work with the body. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Mm, totally. Because then the results show up in your external life. And you're like, oh, my God, look at all these cool things that are happening to me that I don't actually have to do anything for. I'm just like showing up for it. <laughs> it's so good. Well, thank you so much, Holly. This has been amazing. And I can think of a million other topics that I want to talk to you about. So we will get you back on for sure um, if you want to come back, of course. Um, but thank you so of much. Of course. <laughs> My pleasure. We'll have a regular segment. We'll talk all things trauma. Yes. I love it. Because I'm, I'm a trauma geek. So. Yay. And I love to heal. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, thank you. If you just had as much fun as we did, come follow us on Instagram at Confetti Curves. Leave a five-star review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.